Hello, I'm Arafat, I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Slow Pit Stop. It's the 2022 season, the cars are all different, and we've just had quite an amazing race. I'm joined with my co host, Arafat, as always. Arafat, Hello. what happened this race? It was wild. So everyone that's listening has probably already watched the race anyway, but we'll quickly recap. So Leclerc started on pole with Verstappen lined up in P2. There was no real drama at the start, but Perez got a bit squirmy with the rear end and Hamilton was able to get up to P4. But by lap 10, Perez just had too much pace and passed Hamilton again. Lap 17 to 19, we got a great fight between the Ferrari and Red Bull, but Charles was just too good for Verstappen. He played him a dummy allowed him to go past him in turn one, but then chased him up and got past him again. Um, and then it sort of, the race sort of started to fizzle out by the end. I thought people were just going to slowly run up to the checkered flag. But both Red Bulls pitted on lap 44 for soft tyres, and we thought, oh, they're going to go for something aggressive. What's Ferrari going to do? How will they respond? And then suddenly Gasly's car set on fire, the safety car came out, and there was all sorts of... PTSD going on everywhere with safety cars and <laughs> will Hamilton pit, will he not? Um, but we, we managed We're to get through somehow. We're stepping on fresh softs. <laughs> exactly. We, we somehow managed to get through. Um, Verstappen was complaining of issues, something wrong with the steering, something wrong with the battery. He wasn't quite sure. The team told him to carry on, but ultimately his car failed and so did his teammate, giving Ferrari their first 1-2 since Singapore 2019. And Lewis Hamilton, a very lucky third place. Yeah, absolutely incredible end to that race. Uh, I'm saying that, of course, as a Mercedes fan, if I was a Red Bull fan, I'd be crying into my pillow right now. But I did enough of that last year, so I'm going to celebrate the times I can take it. But yeah, it was you know definitely an explosive start, followed by like a pit stop strategy phase where everyone was trying to figure out what's going on, um, and then a very explosive ending as well. Uh, but you know Ferrari, so. First one two since Singapore 2019, which is crazy because last year the only one two we had was McLaren, but we'll get to them later. Mm. And so, you know, this is the first time we're seeing, you know, one twos, and clearly they have a car that works. You know, what do you make of that? I think it looks great. I It's the first good looking Ferrari in such a long time. I like the pairing of Leclerc and Sainz. If I'm being 100% honest, my preference would have been for Sainz to get his first ever mm. win. I think that would have been cool. I think he deserves that. But Leclerc was just too good this weekend. And yeah, I think Ferrari have built themselves a very competent and good race car. You know, okay, I'm, I like, am wondering because Carlos beat Charles last year. He beat him in the standings. And there's all this conversation about, oh, well, Charles Leclerc is still the better driver. But he beat him last year. So I thought this year they would be very equal. Mm-hmm. And I think they are equal. And, you know, Carlos was saying, I still need more time in this car to learn how to drive it. But this was really Charles Leclerc's weekend. Like, yeah. his pole lap should have been faster, according to him. Like, he's like, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And he really just dominated from FP1 all the way to the race. This was his a hat trick as well for him, where it was uh, led every lap, uh, pole position, and won the race. So, I think that's a hat trick. So, you know, kudos to him. Uh, but... I don't think he led every lap. Someone else led, like, two laps in the middle. Oh. But he did get fastest lap pole and the win and the, win. The, the grand slam or the, the grand, grand slam if, yeah. if he'd led every lap he would have got that i think he was two or three laps away from having that 
Oh, uh, okay, okay. But still really good weekend yeah. from him. And, and I'm just confused as to where's the Carlos hype? Is it just that he needs more time in the car? Or is Charles really just that much better and now we're seeing it? I think certain tracks just suit certain drivers. Even in the past, we've seen Leclerc do very, very well at Bahrain. You know, when the Ferrari had their totally legal 100% not a problem engine in the past. <laughs> oh, yes, which they he, then helped the FIA spot in other cars. Totally yeah. legal. So he... um. But he did very, very well in Bahrain then. And I think certain drivers click with certain circuits. And this is one that just very, very much suits Charles Leclerc. I think the thing about him and signs being equal is over a season. I think we're going to get weekends uh-huh. where Carlos Sainz has the advantage. And we're going to get weekends where Leclerc has the advantage. And I think this was a Leclerc weekend. Yes, you know, like on, on social media before the race, everyone was saying, oh, I'm so excited to see a Leclerc Verstappen title fight. Basically discounting Mercedes and saying they're not going to be in it for the whole year. But even if you say that, okay, Mercedes is out for this year, you know, I don't think you can discount Carlos Sainz. I think he, if that's really the fight between Red Bull and Ferrari, Carlos is going to maximize every weekend as well. He's going to be a third name in there. Would you say so or no? Ability-wise, I think he probably does. I think it's one of those things where it's like 51% Charles, 49% Carlos. But... The the big question here is, Ferrari have not won a drivers championship in fifteen years. Their last mm-hmm. champion was Kimi Raikkonen in two thousand seven, and Ferrari are very good at Ferrariing themselves. <laughs> you know, bad strategy, bad driver management. Are they going to start doing driver number one, driver number two very early to try and fight for Stappen? And I think. I worry that Ferrari are going to overcomplicate things and mm-hmm. harm their chances that way. But conversely, you know, if we if they let both their drivers race and take points off each other, are we going to get to a point, a couple of races before the end of the season, where we say they've thrown this away because they were trying to be fair between their drivers? So it's a really, really tricky position to be in, but you'd much rather be in that position than, you know, further down the grid somewhere yeah that's the mercedes dilemma from 2014 to 2016 who do we Mm. make our number one driver um that kind of brings me to you know my next point which was about strategy because the big question going in at least that i had heard going into this weekend was can ferrari really lead a race they haven't dominated you know a weekend in a long time do they have the strategy to pull it off? And a little bit in the middle, you could hear maybe some cracks in the framework. Carlos was asking, think about a three-stop. But really, mm. all the weekend, all they had to do was respond to Red Bull. You know, anytime Red yeah. Bull pit, they pit afterwards. They, there mm. was no, like, um, really big strategy decisions being made at Ferrari. And I think that really played into their hands. But if it ever flips and Verstappen is leading and they need to now come up with two stops and three stops, I don't know that they can just get by with raw pace. Clearly Red Bull is very fast and matching them in a lot of areas. Um, so yeah, I think you're right that, you know, that's, that's kind of what the question is, but moving on to our very favorite team, Red Bull, neither car finished. I don't think anybody had that on their bingo. No, that's crazy. Verstappen went out first uh, and then Perez went out. Is this an endemic issue? So, so far in social media, they've said it was an issue with the fuel pumps. The thing that Verstappen was complaining about, so he, he went into the pits for his last stop and he came out and he said, something's wrong, the steering is wrong. So one of the steering rods coming out, I think on the right side of the car, looked like it was bent. Hmm. And 
how that happened, not sure whether he went over a curb funny, whether they dropped him from the jack at the wrong angle. Really unfortunate, but that's what happened. In terms of the fuel pump issue that killed both cars, yeah. I, I, oh, so I don't it know was what it two is. issues for Verstappen. Yeah, it wasn't the steering things. issue. Oh, no. wow. The steering issue wasn't what killed the car. The steering issue was just his steering rod was bent and so felt wrong. Wow. What killed the car was the loss of power from the fuel pump, and then that also killed the car of Perez. Mm. Now, whether this fuel pump issue is we ran out of fuel and therefore could not pump it into the engine anymore. Who knows? I, I don't think this is going to be a long-term problem that they're going to have. And I think they will come back even more dangerous in Jeddah. Um, oh, you think they can fix it that fast? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be some sort of, not a small thing, but a thing to get on top of very quickly. Hmm. The fundamental car is very, very fast. And a lot of people online are talking about how Verstappen was complaining a lot on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like he sounded quite rattled yeah. and upset about everything. This isn't working. He was swearing. He was upset. He was upset that he hadn't undercut Leclerc twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember what he, he was getting upset about. He, he you know, literally you guys shouted like, to speed up and slow down. He, he's and, like, he's like, you guys have told me not to do a fast outlap twice now. And I haven't been yeah. able to get ahead. I'm never, ever listening to you guys again. Yeah, never, ever, ever <laughs> again. Yeah. So he sounded pretty upset now. Yeah. A lot of people are making fun of that and whatever online. But in my mind, I actually think that's really dangerous. I think despite what's happened today, hmm. Verstappen is still the favorite. And the fact that he's so upset with second place tells me how hungry he is just to win. It doesn't mm. matter now that he's got the world championship. He's not, you know, like, yeah, I've achieved what I want to achieve. I'm going to chill and enjoy myself. Mm. He, You can hear the the frustration in his voice that he's not winning. And he will do whatever he needs to do to win. So I think he's going to be a very, very dangerous competitor for the other drivers. And they need to be careful. Not not think, you know, Red Bull is in trouble. Because I, I, I don't buy that. I think I think they're going to come back very strong. The other thing I was going to say is I usually before we record this, I listen to other podcasts with smarter people, read articles, do my research, and then I come on and I sound really smart. But we're recording this hours after the race finished and none of that has happened yet. So I sound very stupid right now and I apologize. This is pure listeners. vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said this in a Twitter space a couple of days ago. They were asking for hot takes. I was actually hosted by Miss Apex podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, my hot take is all of these teams that have come out of the gate absolutely really fast, basically Ferrari and um, Red Bull and maybe even Alfa Romeo to an extent. Those teams have hit their peak and they've maximized everything they can from their package. Whereas Mercedes, maybe even McLaren, maybe even Aston, I think that they have a lot of potential in their car. Definitely Mercedes, and they're going to come swinging in the second half. But I think the the speed that we're seeing from Ferrari and Red Bull, I think that's all they have to offer. I don't see them getting even faster and faster. What do you think about that? So I think this year is going to be a development race. Which factory can bring updates? Because when you're at the beginning of a new formula like this, there's loads of potential for every single car to get better. Yeah, And I think a team like Haas or Alfa Romeo with a smaller budget and smaller teams will struggle to develop and improve their package 
as much as Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes can. Mm-hmm. I think the top three teams will continue to develop and, you know, we might see for the first third of the year, Ferrari are the fastest. The middle third, Red Bull are the fastest. And the last third, Mercedes are the fastest. Or some other combination because people bring developments at different times. Mm. And I think it's going to be a race of who can keep developing and unlock and understand this formula. Because this formula is going to be like this for years. You look at, you know, the last iteration of the cars. Mm -hmm. 2020 was when they got to their fastest before they Mm -hmm. were pegged back again, 2021. But that formula started in 2017. Mm -hmm. And people just kept developing for years and years and years. So now suddenly we're back at the start again. You have years and years ahead of us of people Mm -hmm. developing and refining and so much potential and who knows what the next discovery or invention is going to be around the corner is there a good year that mirrors like this year i know you said 2017 people have been talking about 2014 or even earlier like 2000 is there a good year that you can think about that there was like a development like this and one team started on the back foot and they kind of had to work their way back up yeah, so the example I can think about the most is 2009, okay. where Braun came out with this double diffuser concept and were faster than everyone. You know, they won six of the first seven races or whatever wow. it was. And then Red Bull put loads into development. Ferrari and McLaren were nowhere. And so at the beginning of the year, you're looking at competition between Red Bull, Braun, Toyota, teams that were nowhere the year before. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, Ferrari and McLaren were way behind. But by the end of the year, Ferrari and McLaren were in a place to start winning races again. Mm-hmm. And Braun didn't win anymore because they didn't have the budget or the capacity to keep developing. Mm-hmm. So, and again, you know, Toyota sort of faded away and left the sport altogether. So I think when the formula changes is people that can capitalize and make points today. So like Haas have done, like Alfa Romeo have done. And that's, you know, big opportunities lost for teams like Aston Martin and Williams. Mm-hmm. But as we go further, the the big teams with the big... I, I know there's a budget cap and things, but realistically, it's the big teams with the big budgets that are going to rise to the top again. But that year, Braun won the championship. Yeah, because they made so many points at the, the front part of the season. Yeah. There was a lot of chat before before Abu Dhabi ever happened. You'd see a lot of chat online, people saying, oh, what's a better year, 2021 or 2012? 2012, the first race was won by Jensen Button. Race two, Fernando Alonso. Race three, Nico Rosberg. Race four, Sebastian Vettel. Race five, Pastor Maldonado. Race six, Mark Webber. Race seven, Lewis Hamilton. And then race eight was the first time someone won a second race, which was Fernando Alonso again. And, you know, there was three points between the top two drivers by the end of the year. Fernando only won one, two, three races that year, whereas Vettel won five races. And so many people were headed towards the end of the season could have been world champion. And for me, I liked that season a lot more. Last year, I think the tension was because Verstappen and Hamilton were so good, anything less than first place was not good enough. And so both of them are just, you know, fighting for first place. And if your driver doesn't win, it almost feels like a disaster. Mm -hmm. Whereas in 2012, like everybody was winning. 
yeah. know, Pastor Maldonado won a race. So there was you could <laughs> watch a race and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I it didn't bother me massively who won today, whether it was Leclerc or Verstappen or Sainz. And I thought actually when Hamilton eventually does retire, maybe I will enjoy Formula One a bit more because mm-hmm. I will suddenly not care about who wins and I won't be yeah. like, oh, Hamilton didn't win. I'll just be like, oh, that was well done by Leclerc today. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope with the new formula, we get a good mix of different winners mm-hmm. to the point of if Verstappen does win a race, we're not all thinking, oh, that's the championship over. We're like, oh, mm. he's won a race. Okay, he did well today but we have no idea who might win next weekend. That's what we want to yeah. be seeing. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, I I, there, I was like, getting so nervous leading up to the race. And then this morning, I like just realized that, you know, it's not the end of the world if Lewis doesn't win the race. That was last year. And yeah. last year, there were so many times he came second and I was devastated. But today he came yeah. third and I was so happy. Exactly. So you're right. I think you're right that, you know, it's, it's all about, like last year it was just you had to get wins. You had to yeah, win. Yeah, there's too much pressure last year. But... Interestingly, I saw a thing by Sean Kelly, virtual stat man, saying that Hamilton, you know, he scored 15 points today. Mm-hmm. So this is the largest lead he's had over Verstappen than at any point in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but okay, Hamilton, great way place for us to pivot to Mercedes. So yeah. Mercedes were slower. They were a second slower uh, in their long run pace, they were uh, way off the pace in qualifying. Lewis extracted as much as he could from the car, and he could only qualify fifth. So mm. definitely, you know, they're not there. And we've talked about this before, how we think they're going to have to develop over the next couple of races in order to, to get to the front. But this was a big day for damage limitation and keeping yeah. their their necks in the championship. Because like you said, if you podium consistently, you can win a championship. Yeah, Going to Jeddah... What do you think Mercedes's attitude is? Are they focused on another temporary solution to survive Jeddah, or do you think they're they're gonna throw that track away? It's a, such a power heavy, power dependent track that if they turn their power back up, they're gonna pur- porpoise all over the place and lose. You know, yeah, pace. I so, think they're gonna really, really struggle. I think it, the layout of the circuit does not suit them at all. Yeah, a lot of high speed straights, which they're gonna really struggle with, and I think again, it's gonna be as much damage limitation as possible sit there as a third fastest team defend against the fourth fastest team who knows they might get caught up there as well and pick up the scraps that they can and i think it's just damage limitation until they can get on top of this concept and get to the front again yeah the real test question is is that going to be something that happens in one or two months or is that going to be something that happens next year Mm. i hope it's one or two months and they, you know, get back into the fight this year. My main thing is, obviously everybody wants Lewis Hamilton to win the championship. You know, well, not everybody, but the people that <laughs> listen to us tend to be Lewis Hamilton fans. Yeah. But, you know, the, he's, the statistic that impresses me the most is he has won a race in every single year of his career mm-hmm. so far. And that's another record that he, you know, is Only back as, from zero this year. Mm-hmm. He has to earn that again. So from my point of view, I'm just like, you know, just one thing at a time. So they managed to get the podium. Great. Next target is just get one win. If they can get one win, he keeps that record. Great. And then we can start thinking about multiple wins. And if we get to that position, we can start thinking about championships. So just take things one step at a time. And like you said, you know, when there's not all that pressure, you enjoy it a lot more. 
mm-hmm. as a Hamilton fan, you're able to enjoy a P3 so much more today than stressing over a P2 in yeah. 2021. So yeah. I think let's just enjoy the ride, except that we're going to have some really, really tough races, but we're just targeting a race win, which isn't an easy thing for anybody to achieve. We, you know, we take it for granted, but for now the target is, can we win a race this year? I think yeah. so. I think we'll be fine, but we just have to stick it out and enjoy what Ferrari are doing until then. Mm, yeah. But, you know, we have two Mercedes drivers, believe it or not. Uh, and George also had a nice race today. So he made a mistake in qualifying, um, I think, in, in right at the end. So he qualified ninth, uh, where he yeah. really should have qualified like sixth if mm-hmm. you had taken his pace. But he did well to recover, and pretty much back yeah. in the opening laps, he was right behind Lewis again. Yeah, he was in he jumped place. up two places at the start. Mm. I think the thing about George is he's very, very intelligent, and he can see the big picture. So, you know, at the safety car restart and other points, he could have, but at no point did he look like he was going to challenge Lewis Hamilton. Mm. He understood the challenge for Lewis was to get ahead of Perez in front of him, not waste time fighting George. Mm. So... You know, people will say, oh, you know, Lewis dominated George, whatever else. I think George didn't attack Lewis on purpose. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it's because he was was told not to. You know, Mm. when he was in the Williams, I remember that time where he said, you can sacrifice my race if it means Latifi gets points. Tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I think he's seeing the big picture. He's like, look, we're not fighting for the win here. I think if it was a Mercedes 1-2, he would attack Hamilton, no problem. But you, you know, when he said that, he got a lot of flack from people who were like, oh, is that the attitude you want from a racing driver? Is that the attitude of a champion that you're never going to, you're going to say, you know what, I'm content with being behind and I'm okay with preferring another person over me. Do you think there's a little bit of that? Would he Maybe he would have been on the podium if he had, you know, challenged Lewis a little bit. Yeah, but I think he recognizes what he wants is a world championship, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he's seeing the bigger picture when he was at Williams the bigger picture was financial security which Mm -hmm. was going to come through getting points Mm -hmm. not his own personal glory and I think he recognizes right now he has to work with Lewis and develop this car if Mm -hmm. he can get to a point where they're in p1 and 2 then he can go fight and see yeah can I actually take Lewis down on the track whereas right now him fighting Lewis means one of those Mercedes car is not going to get ahead of Perez. Mm. And I think he's got a much better understanding of the big picture. And mm-hmm. I think if I was a team owner, that's I like that in my driver, to know mm. when to attack and to know when you're playing the team game. What you don't want is someone that only does one thing. You want someone who can switch between both. And the other thing that's really important about George is he was there right behind Hamilton. Mm. You know, if Bottas was able to drive like that we wouldn't be worried about Abu Dhabi because <laughs> Lewis would have had a second car behind him <laughs> where was Bottas in Abu Dhabi six seven eight I can't I was, remember I was literally just thinking like where did he even finish in that exactly race? why was he not in p2 <laughs> whereas George didn't I say like two or three races before the end of last season I said they should have fired Bottas early and put George in that car. Yeah. Because George would have been able to sit right behind Hamilton and act as a buffer. Mm. So I think George is definitely fast enough to do that, you know, and I think he's not challenging Lewis right now because that's not the objective. The objective Mm. is to get both those cars as high as possible. There's another thing you said, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit over Haas, but Mm -hmm. we will get to Haas. You said last year... (laughs) 
uh, I think it was in Qatar, uh, you said, so you're saying Botas is good at recovery drives. You're saying Botas is bad at recovery drives. My question is, why is Botas always doing recovery drives? Guess exactly. who had another recovery drive today? Exactly. Mr. Saturday, you know, he's a real Mr. Saturday, qualified incredibly well, started sixth, right next to Lewis, was very happy to start next to a Mercedes, everyone memed that into oblivion, and then, what kind of start was that? He just sat there, and all the cars went around him. I couldn't believe how low he had dropped in those opening, like, 20 Uh, seconds, and he had to fight his way back up. Why is he always doing that? I don't know. I don't know why he stresses me out. Like he's such, he, he seems like a nice guy. I think he's a very good driver. I'm glad that he's got a multi-year contract. I'm really glad that the Alfa Romeo is where it is just now. You know, he's yeah. not where the Aston Martin is yeah. or the Williams is. Yeah. Like he, he he's helping that team a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he'll get some good points and things. He's going to have tough weekends as well. I think that car will finish p12 13 14 some races too but mm-hmm. uh, i just uh, i want to be a bottas fan and he keeps doing <laughs> these things and i'm just like valtteri why <laughs> i know right just horrible horrible starts and valtteri bottas they go hand in hand together um but he did well to recover he did it yeah. you know and then guan yu zhao or zhao guan yu First Chinese racer in Formula 1. He also uh-huh. scored points on his debut. And uh-huh. it reminds me a lot of Yuki Tsunoda scoring points in Bahrain last year. But mm. then continuing to disappoint us throughout the year. I'm sorry to the Yuki fans listening to this. But where was he? He didn't show up. Gasly carried that team to the end. So my fear is that something similar will happen where Zhao gets to score points on his debut. Um, well, but then it's that's usually it. a marker of a very good driver. I remember... Back in the day, you know, Eddie Jordan used to talk about this going, you know, a driver that can score points on their first race is a big deal. Hmm. Okay, in the past, points only used to go to the top six positions Mm -hmm. and then top eight and then top ten. So scoring P10 maybe isn't as impressive as back in the day scoring a P6. Mm -hmm. But still, I think, you know, he's he's a very competent driver. Mm -hmm. He's he's probably a little bit vanilla, Mm -hmm. you know. People aren't excited about him in Formula 2 the way they were excited about Piastri or... Mm-hmm. You know, Schumacher, uh, even. Exactly. But I think he's just a competent, very vanilla driver, and he he did a good job today, and yeah. good for him. It was really nice. Did you see the video of him um, going back into his garage after Yeah, the race? and hugging people. Yeah, and he was just in tears, and he was just so happy yeah. to... I like that kind of stuff, honestly. It's very similar yeah. to Yuki in the sense that these guys are humble. And, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like that. You know, I liked how, how down-to-earth Yuki was. Even in Drive to Survive, yeah, yeah. he's pretty just like, why are you guys following me around? Like, even in <laughs> Drive to Survive, I, I've seen, like, clips of that. But, yeah, yeah so I, I hope he has a good year, just for the sake of Asian representation in Formula 1, which is a yeah. whole other podcast topic. But um, good for him today. He did, he did well today. And moving yeah. backwards a little bit to Haas, who we glossed over. Another driver did incredibly well today. Kevin Magnussen, the comeback kid. Second time coming back, actually. Exactly. Second time. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Kevin Magnussen, Arfat. So Kevin was a McLaren junior. He came into McLaren in the Ron Dennis era and was teammates with Jensen Button. He yeah. scored a podium on his first ever race. Wow. And then was never quite 
you know, this was just as McLaren tipped over the edge and started their descent into the sad valley of McLaren like Honda. Hon- yeah, the Honda years, yeah. And then there was these power moves. So Ron Dennis wanted to keep him on, but Ron Dennis was being pushed out of uh, McLaren at the time mm-hmm. by the owners. And so well, the owner, one of the other owners had like a 51% share. So they were trying to decide what driver to keep on to partner yeah. Fernando Alonso. The majority voted for Kevin Magnussen, but the person that owned the most shares voted Jensen Button. So mm. Kevin was kicked out of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Martin Whitmarsh got him a drive at Force India or something. Martin Whitmarsh, said, who you shared a bathroom with. Yeah, we peed yeah. together. We're pee brothers. Okay, um, so your, your pee brother. What did your pee brother do? We peed together in the McLaren toilet. <laughs> I, I know, but what did you? What, what did he do? Your pee brother. What did he do? Oh yeah, yeah so he, he got a drive for Kevin. I was like, how did he pee? Well, uh, his bladder. Uh, anyway, so he um, he got him a drive at Force India, but Ron Dennis said, no, no, don't take that. You'll be back in a McLaren next year. Ah. And Kevin was like, okay. And then he got fired from McLaren on his birthday. <sighs> By email. Ron Dennis really was like the no-nonsense guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so he got fired and then he disappeared from Formula One. And then he came back with Renault, had a year mm. there, and then moved to Haas. Mm. And then he was competent with Haas. He had good days. He was a bit inconsistent. But he's, you know, on his day, he's a good driver. Mm-hmm. He got into some fights with Nico Hulkenberg. They didn't get on. But at Haas, or you mean on the track? No, just on the track, oh, different okay. teams. Yeah, um, you can just YouTube Hulkenberg and Magnussen, and you'll find some videos. But <laughs> the yeah, when Haas was struggling financially and they got rid of both their drivers and took on two rookies with money, Magnussen again fell away. And I remember it was Abu Dhabi, he was talking about. He was being interviewed by Sky, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you're gonna look for a comeback." Was gonna, and he was really, really honest with them. He was like, "Do you know what? I don't think so. I, I can't imagine any other team wanting me." He said, "The front mm. teams don't want a driver like me, Ferrari, Red Bull, whoever, and I can't see where there's going to be a driver anywhere else. So I'm just gonna go and carry on with my life elsewhere. And I think that's the end of my Formula One time. And you know, lots of other like." like Mazepin, for example, is like, my Formula One dream isn't over, I'll be back, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of roll your eyes and you go, yeah, yeah whatever. Whereas because Magnussen was so brutally honest, you're like, oh yeah, I kind of respect that. Um, and he went off and he's been winning races in yeah, he had podiums IMSA. And stuff. And, mm-hmm. but, yeah, and he, he joined the Peugeot World Endurance Championship mm-hmm. program. And that was going to be a big deal. Um, but he got the call from Haas to come back. He's had no testing he has had like no time in that car. Yeah. And he's the best of the rest. He outqualified one of the Mercedes mm-hmm. and came home in P5. Yeah. Absolute dream for Haas. And they sacrificed all of last year in order to put their car in a position where it can fight for points this year. And I remember like people saying last year, oh, it's not going to work. They're going to be last anymore. They just don't have it in them. And I remember mm. even during testing when they showed like hints of speed, people mm-hmm. were like, "Ah, oh, it's nothing. It's because, you know, they're showing their speed, their their speed, and nobody else is showing their speed." And but no, it's it's real. They have some speed in them. Yeah. Maybe it's the Ferrari power unit. Maybe it's Kevin Magnussen. Maybe it's the development of the car, the extra year. But something worked, and they have it at least for now. 
like you said, I'm worried for Schumacher to... that Magnussen is going to make him look very, very average. Well, okay, how good of a driver is he? Because in Formula Two, he fought off Callum Eilat, uh and a couple other people, uh, and he did win that championship, and it was very close. So he has skill to him. He handily beat Mazepin every single race, but that was not really much of a of a threat. Yeah. So is he just not as good as Kevin because Kevin has like 10 years of experience over him? Or is he really just like an average racer? I think he's an average racer. I think there was lots of accusations in his junior career of him being given the best equipment because of who mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. And then using his average talents, being able to, you know, yeah, Drag bring it home car. in first place. Mm-hmm. Where's that yeah. car? Where is where that car should have been? Yeah. Um, whereas he never took a car that was going to finish in third and drag it up to first place kind of thing. Hmm. Kevin is fine. Kevin has good days and bad days. I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be good for Mick to actually have to push himself because yeah. last year he obviously didn't. He was like no. a second clear of Mazepin all the time. Sure. So yeah, maybe he will develop and this this will be good for his career overall. All right, well. But if, if, if Magnussen puts him away and destroys him, I can't see him getting a Ferrari drive. Because why mm. would you drop Leclerc or Sainz for someone yeah, that could be beaten by Kevin Magnussen? Yeah, the clearest transfer I see for him is if they drop Zhao for him in a couple of years. But that mm. would be major because I, that would mean Zhao's sponsors are dropping out for whatever reason. And that's going to yeah. take like a lot. I think he's going to have to sit and wait for Valtteri to retire. Yeah, literally. Yeah, which might not be that long. Maybe just two or three years. And maybe by yeah. then he'll have like the skills to, to go to yeah. Alpha. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is not a Charles Leclerc story. One year in Sauber, and then no. boom, he's in Ferrari, and yeah, he's winning yeah, yeah. races in his first season. So yeah, I, I can kind of see, you know, uh, his position. I think but, he's going to end up in Ferrari the way Giancarlo Fisichella was in Ferrari. That, that's He'll a story I haven't heard. So Fisichella raced for Force India. He was an Italian guy. Massa had a head injury in 2009. Mm-hmm. So they took Fisichella from Force India into Ferrari for like four races or something. Mm-hmm. He was just there for a little bit and he finished his career there. Mm. Um, and I th- I, if Schumacher gets into Ferrari, my feeling is it's going to be like that. It's going to be like right at the end of his career, as some sort of oh, second driver maybe. token situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, Haas today was definitely best of the rest. And in the yeah. rest, we've got... Alpine, Alfatori, Aston, Williams. But the only one really that stood out to me today was Alfatori. Not mm. only because Gasly, his car was on fire, which was pretty insane. But also because I thought Yuki did a good job holding Botas behind. I think Yuki does good defensive drives. He would do it to I Lewis, I was thinking too. about this. I was thinking, you know what? If you had him in the second Red Bull. Yeah. Because what you'd want is Verstappen to race off into the distance. And then, you know, everyone talks about how Perez is Minister of Defence and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I think Yuki could do that job. I think Yuki could sit there in second place and keep the Mercedes, the Ferrari, whoever behind him. I think he'd be really good at that because he's not just done it today. He's done it in other races as Mm -hmm. well. So, yeah, I think he's he's a good... The difference between, I think, Yuki and Checo is that Checo can get the car to second place to begin with. I don't know that Yuki has the qualifying speed in him to pull that off. But mm. when he's in the position, he can defend. He's defended yeah. against Lewis Hamilton before, you know, effectively. And I was actually really impressed at how close those cars could follow because Botas was following him closely for, like, a while, like a couple mm. turns, like maybe half the lap, 
He was right behind them trying to get around, and Yuki was defending. So I, I don't know. I think that's pretty exciting. I, I think for sure it made a difference today in today's racing how close those cars were, especially in that eight lap 18 to mm-hmm. uh, or 17 to 19 or whatever, which we didn't even talk about. But uh, you, you said, okay, hold on. We have to talk about it because Verstappen just tried the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result each time. Like, the first time, he uses his DRS in the slipstream down the pit straight, or down the, the main straight, and then he gets around, and then turn four, Leclerc is able to use his DRS and take yeah. the lead back. So Verstappen says, I'll try the exact same thing next lap. Doesn't work. He says, I'll try the exact same thing. The third lap locks up. You gotta you gotta switch it up a little bit, you know? Like, you gotta try something else. What I thought was clever was... The third time, Leclerc moved over to the left. He left the door open for him and said, on you go, overtake me. Because Leclerc realized yeah. doing that, letting him through there, and then getting past him later in the circuit, was a much better defense for him. <laughs> so really, yeah. really good driving by Leclerc. Yeah, absolutely. Very mature drive from Leclerc. Um, because... You know, there's so many opportunities where he could have let Verstappen through, and there's so many times where I was really like clutching my head and going, "Oh my God, Charles Leclerc, hold on to this lead, do not let Verstappen through," and and he he did, he held on to the mm. lead. So, very mature, very good drive from Leclerc. He definitely deserved uh, that win. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who did not deserve that win uh, and finished where Haas usually finishes was our old buddies, uh, the Google Chrome inspired McLaren. What what happened to McLaren? I know they had brake issues, but this was this was as bad. So I'll as give you had. a list of problems. Number one, the livery. <laughs> you know, okay, hold on. I have to make a public confession. Seeing the cars on track this weekend, I realized the livery sucks. It's a solid zero out of ten. Yeah. The studio pictures were a lot better. I I really like the studio pictures, but on track, what the hell is going on with that? Like, car? I don't have a problem with the colors. Like you can use those colors and come up with a better design, but they've just not. <laughs> <laughs> they really look ugly. Okay, and I'm I'm yeah. so shocked to say that because I really liked them before. I gave them an eight out of ten on our other episode about that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they, they, they've let us down. Um, I, I feel for the drivers because they were on this upward trajectory up to yeah. last year. Yeah. And they are the biggest losers, I think, transitioning mm-hmm. into the new rules. It's going to be, I don't know. But is it an the... aerodynamic philosophy problem? I feel like it's a mechanical issue. I feel like it's still the fact that something's going on with their brakes because... Throughout testing, you never looked at them and went, wow, these guys are slow, the way you did with mm. other teams. Mm-hmm. It's just the race has been a huge, like, like surprise. It's been a shock to everyone. And I, I just don't know that it's like a... Do you know what will be good for them? A very, very high-speed circuit that's difficult to break on, like Jumba. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to have a lot of pain next week. Yeah, them and Mercedes. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think they can bounce back from that. That's what I was saying with these teams that have potential. I, I don't think McLaren – I was telling, uh, I think, Bryson Sullivan, or maybe I was telling Spanners, one of them, on a Twitter space. I've been on all these Twitter spaces this past week. But I was telling one of them that, you know, they – people forget in Barcelona they were top of the timing sheets, and they yeah. showed pace, and people were excited. And I don't think we can just forget that um, and be like, yeah, yeah they're, they're nothing – 
I think something's going on, and I, I do think that they can work on it. But yeah, you're right. Next week is going to be really painful, and that kind of brings me to the last thing I wanted to talk about. There's been a big conversation online about Ferrari powertrains versus Red Bull powertrains versus the Mercedes powertrains because Mercedes mm-hmm. and all of their customer teams all finished well in the midfield, if not the back, like McLaren. Ferrari mm-hmm. teams were all in the top 10. Red Bull teams, three out of four of the cars, didn't even finish the race at all. Is this a, an issue with the powertrain? Can you really group it like this, or is that not even fair and we're just lumping <sighs> things together? I don't think so. I think we are just lumping things together. I think you look at the people that have done well, so like Haas and Alfa Romeo with the Ferrari engines. They were people who threw away 2021 because they were so far behind and really redeveloped to be where they are now. Yeah. So I think think it's more complicated than just saying the Ferrari cars are good and the Mercedes ones are bad. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And I think realistically, the engines are probably pretty close together that if you manage to sort your car out, you could win races with any of the engines. Well, I hope that's true. Um, I, I just can't see Mercedes going from this extremely dominant power unit last year and the year before to a dud this year and all their cu- customer yeah. teams are failing. Like, no, I think, I think if me. anything, it's just the Ferrari and the Red Bull one have caught up and the yeah. engines are now pretty similar. Well, I guess this will be a development year, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. People are going to be changing their cars every week, and I hope to see the Mercedes teams get better. I hope to see Mercedes get better. I am going to bottle this feeling of happiness and save it for next week when I'll be in a world of pain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen next week? How do you think Jeddah is going to go? Verstappen 1. Jeez. Leclerc 2. Signs three. It's so tough. I think I'm going to go... Carlos one. Red Bull two. Specifically Max. Max P2. Leclerc P3. And I think we will see Lewis... I hate to say this, but P6. Mm. Um, Maybe Sergio will be P4. Somebody else will be P5. But... Mm -hmm. I just see Jeddah going worse for Mercedes than Bahrain yeah, was because Jeddah had slow corners that Mercedes could capitalize on. They were saying the last yeah. uh, sector of the lap is Mercedes was the same speed as Red Bull and Ferrari. Jeddah does yeah. not have that. And it's so crazy because last year, Jeddah was the Mercedes track. Like Mercedes, yeah. you know, was so fast there. It was everything I think if Mercedes that they can wanted. sort out this drag being caused by their rear tires they will be fast and straight line again because yeah. the fact they are so skinny and they don't have any side pods and all of this. But right now they are struggling. But we'll yeah. get there. It'll be all right. But if you think you are good at predicting who's going to finish where, just like me and Mohammed have tried, remember to join our Fantasy F1 League. We've got some prizes sponsored by Little Prince 3D. We don't have the final results of our league from today's race obviously but as soon as we do we will be sending out a 3d printed circuit of bahrain to the winner of the league obviously muhammad and i can't win the prize which is very unfair tough but also (laughs) my team was mclaren which i i definitely need to change for the next race so i don't think i will have scored very well anyway but 
if you want to win a 3D printed version of Jeddah, make sure you get your predictions in and whoever scores the most points for that week will post you the prize. Oh, Arfat, guess what? We what? have the the leaderboard for our league. So the winner for this week was Percival Racing. Uh, I don't have a name because this person has decided to put stars throughout their name, so for privacy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are in first place, Percival Racing from India. So if you hear I us, I think I know please... who that is. Oh, okay, I think excellent. I'm gonna I'm gonna message them and find out. Do you want to find out where we are, Arfat? Oh gosh, where am I? Uh, I'm scrolling, oh, scrolling, scrolling, scolding. Uh, okay, okay. I am fifty out of seventy-two. Oh, no. And you are 52 out of 72. Oh, no. <laughs> I want to point out that I won our league last year. <laughs> yeah, there's like th- three of us in there. There's me, you, and one of our other cousins. Do you want to... Let's... I, I don't know if we should do this, but I want to do it because it's fun and it's our league. I want to announce what the winning team was, like what the lineup was just for this week. Can I do that? This is all for public information. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the winner. Tell us who they had. So, Percival Racing, who won with 280 points. They had Leclerc uh, mm-hmm. as their turbo driver. Definitely the right call. They had Schumacher. They had Lance Stroll. They had Ocon. They had Valtteri Bottas as their mega driver. And they had Ferrari as their team. Pretty good lineup. Oof. Wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, my team just causes me pain in 52nd place. <laughs> Perfect. Ah, going to be very, very interesting. But thank you everyone for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Slow Pit Stop and Instagram at Slow Pit Stop. We hope to see you guys at Jeddah where we will be hopefully in a world of pain or celebrating a surprise podium. Goodbye. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.